we get our hearts knocked around and bruised a lot and it can hurt so so bad that it could feel like it's broken but hearts recover Welcome back. You're listening to Let It Out, a show I've been hosting since early 2013. One of my favorite things I've ever done. And usually I record these intros alone, but today I have a special guest across the table with me, who I also met in 2013, to help me tell you guys a little bit of an update before we get into this episode. My dear friend, Sasha Jones. She's been on the show many times, and I mention her often, even when she's not on the show, and her husband Mike is in the room, in case you hear another voice. Thanks for being here, you guys. You're very welcome. We're upstate at her beautiful house, and I'm staying here with her for the week. And it's super fitting to have Sash on the podcast today, because the topic of this week's episode is love. And she's in the business of love. She's an officiant who marries many people every single year. About how many weddings do you do a year? Well, the number changes, but last year I married 99 couples. That was very exciting. Yeah. Were you kind of wishing you had one more? So Yes. You, yeah. I was hoping for one more, but it's all good. Maybe this year. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day week. Happy Valentine's. You're my Valentine this year. We're spending it together upstate. And we were talking earlier about this holiday and you had some feelings on it. And I, you said a line that was really great. Do you remember what it was? No, remind me. You said, I like to get flowers and chocolate all days of the year. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's not only February 14th that's good for love, but. Exactly. Yeah. And chocolate and flowers. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. This is a perfect fit for today's interview since it's all about romantic love. I want to tell you guys how this episode came to be, which is that the magazine, The Fullest, where I write my monthly column, asked me to interview previous podcast guest and favorite. A lot of people really loved my episode with her. Lacey Phillips is back on the podcast today. They asked me to interview her for their Valentine's Day issue. And I was psyched for the assignment to record with her and to talk about this topic. We discuss love from, from all aspects. We talk about how to breathe new life into an existing relationship, communication tips for relationships. We talk about dating dynamics and we talk about heartbreak and feeling feelings fully after heartbreak. So I recorded this episode with Lacey earlier in January. And since then, I've had a really tender, sad change happen in my life. And I'm not really ready to talk about it a ton on the podcast right now. But because I mention my boyfriend quite a bit and what you're about to hear, I wanted to tell you guys because you're my friends and it's going to come up in the next several interviews because these interviews are such a window into my life. And I needed Sasha here to help me tell you this because she's been so supportive of me. Well, I guess I should tell you what happened. We broke up, <laughs> which I feel like I glossed over. Um, my boyfriend, Nick, and I broke up in the last little bit. And having the having so many 
supportive people in my life and and Sasha especially has been this warm blanket for my heart and she's been sending me music and going to yoga with me and nourishing me literally and figuratively and all of these last few weeks in the city and now here upstate and it's just been so needed and wonderful because I've been feeling like I've been walking around New York like a raw nerve and to have someone like you supporting me has just been really lovely. So thank you, first of all. Oh, anytime. I yeah. mean, I hope I, I, that's not the right response. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not. Not. It's nice to know. We'll say this. It's nice to know that if there is another time, which there may be, and there may be several, that you'll be there. Absolutely. Yes. But hopefully yeah. it's not frequent. Yes. I'm going to take a sip of my wine. <laughs> wine, water, smoothie, tea break for everyone listening. Okay. Secondly, before we get into this episode, I thought that since Sasha, again, someone in the business of love and honestly, one of the most loving people in my life, maybe you could give me and people listening who might be feeling feelings of heartbreak or feeling feelings of grief about a relationship ending, some of the wisdom that you've given me in the last couple of weeks. It's funny because I think some of the the conversations we've had have have come from me in the moment. So it's not necessarily that I remember exactly what the things are. But I one thing that I have always held on to myself through many, many heartbreaks and breakups before I met my husband is holding on to that thing that I think that we get our hearts knocked around and bruised a lot and it can hurt so, so bad that it could feel like it's broken. But hearts recover and keeping an open mind to that has always, it's made me sane. Like it, I never, ever, ever gave up on love myself. And I I went through the ringer quite a, quite a lot during my younger days, but I never gave up. And I would never want anybody to give up. I would never want anyone to become so bitter about it that they feel like they should just give up on the idea of love. Because love's beautiful. And a lot of people talk about love being hard. Love isn't hard itself. It's like, it's when love falls apart that is difficult. But love itself is is nourishing and, and beautiful and and worth seeking. Even when you feel like it's too tender and raw to do so. I just say, keep on, keep on trying, get back on the horse. (laughs) That was really beautiful, which is fitting because you talk about love for a living as an officiant, Mm -hmm. but now you're learning how to do funerals, officiate funerals. And I feel like you just, that was kind of a taste of officiating a funeral for love. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Everything ends, but uh, but an ending is also a beginning of something new. I really, truly believe that. You know, when you, like you, it's almost like sometimes you need to let go of things in order to make space for something else, or something better, something more beautiful. And just the idea that endings can be very ugly looking gifts of a new beginning. Yeah. It's really just an ending is a springboard into a new beginning. We don't usually look at it that way, but it is what it is. It's kind of like Marie Kondoing, you know, like you have to take everything out of the closet. Yeah. And it's messy and it gets worse before it gets better. But I'm in that phase now. I think the first day 
when I told you that this was maybe happening and I was sobbing and it was your birthday, everyone's <laughs> birthday, you guys. And I was just so vulnerable and cried to you. And even then, I think I knew that while it's so messy and this is really my first heartbreak and the first time I've really felt what I'm feeling now, I know that it's moving in a direction that is correct and is it's it doesn't make it less annoying or less painful but I know that it's it's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. and I think I wouldn't have known that if I didn't have support to feel not alone you know Mm -hmm. because I had someone that was my person that made me feel less alone and I it's forced me that one of the there's so much richness to this which I'm realizing Mm -hmm. is the vulnerability that the deepening of my relationships with love it's essentially love with other people than just my romantic partner yeah yeah and there's something beautiful about that i think the more vulnerable i think it's i think we've gotten closer in the last yeah, month definitely even. definitely you've opened yourself up more and yeah yeah and it's it's i think it's brave to be vulnerable and to ask for help and to say i need you guys right now like i think that's really brave because it's very easy to just kind of go very inward and stay away from everybody because you don't want to you don't want to repeat yourself or whatever it might be I think it's like it's actually a really brave and beautiful thing to just say I really need to get this get through this it's just let it out let it out (laughs) because otherwise if you're just pushing it back in and that's never a never a healthy thing to do yeah it's like you always talk about poo it's like you really you don't want to hold on to a poo you got to let it through Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with with pain and heart bruises and all that stuff I've been very aware of that. I'm I'm glad I've I'm glad I know what I know about letting it out and that you have to do that to move through it in this process because like I said my ten like you just said my tendency would be to be really self-conscious that I'm repeating myself and and poor you and Mike have had to hear me talk about this at nauseum for the last 3 weeks. We didn't have to. Well we, you were We did invite you. <laughs> you. You have heard several <laughs> stories multiple times. And yeah, it's just, it's very helpful to be around other humans during a really tender time. I'll just leave it mm-hmm. at that. That's yeah. so helpful. And yeah. I hope that everyone going through this doesn't feel alone because the times that this has been the hardest have been when I've just felt dreadfully lonely. But luckily, there's been some really great people in my life, you guys at the top of that list, that have helped me feel the richness of this but without it being excruciating you know lightening it a bit yeah and also I would add that I think every person you interact with in a romantic way whether it's for a night or two years or whatever it might be even if it even if it feels like that that they've been so mean or however however it ends is a teacher of some Mm -hmm. in some way like I, I wouldn't, okay, I mean, it's not entirely true. I was going to say I wouldn't regret any of the, the <laughs> things, which is not actually true. But even, the, even the, the most difficult ones, I would say, have taught me something and made me stronger and led me to along this path to get to meet the person that I was meant to be with. So I don't, I, yeah, I don't regret anything. Well, that's kind of what I've been really been thinking about right now. Like, I really want to learn. All, I don't want to forget any of 
anything from this relationship. I want to mine it for all I can of what I can learn and how I can be better and how I can grow. Because really, we talked about this in the episode with Lacey, but relationships are, I believe, our greatest mirrors to illuminate areas we need to grow and change and become better at being ourselves. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think it's always good to look at your role Mm -hmm. in that and not to blame and just say it was that person did this, this and this and and play a victim because we all have something. We play, we do something in each relationship and to learn about ourselves in, in those things is really good. I'm really trying to do that. And that is helpful because it feels productive as a way to learn about myself and and take this time to, you know, clean up in a Marie Kondo type of a way. Is mm-hmm. it doesn't make it less jarring and it doesn't make it less painful, but it does feel more productive, which feels better. Mm-hmm. And you you said this to me, I think recently of just that this will pass. Everything is temporary. You know, just that Mm -hmm. holding on to that has been that alone is simple, but so helpful. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that after all of your heartbreaks, you now have this lovely relationship, which I'm grateful that I get to be able to observe you and Mike and it works so well. I love being around you guys and I hope that it is contagious. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. Great. (laughs) What is your greatest lesson on relationships or why do you think it works so well with you guys? I can say that for me, I came to this relationship ready to love myself. And I was in a place in my life where I, I actually was not looking to meet anybody. I was not ready to date. I was taking care of my health and I was so I was doing that in such a determined way. I was really determined to feel better and to to look after myself because I I was starting to love myself. And with that I was able to meet somebody who could love me because I loved myself. And you know, in the beginning of our relationship, I did suffer a little bit of going back a bit with my health. I had a bit of a slide and I I tried to say to Mike like I can't do this. I'm not going to be a good girlfriend. And he said, I will be the judge of that. And it was one of the most powerful statements because I couldn't push him away and tell him not, not to care for me. He, he was going to, I don't know. I mean, it's more complicated than in a couple of minutes, but it just was so powerful and beautiful. But it was the, the, the biggest truth, I think, that I was ready to let someone love me rather than just a lot of struggling to try to get somebody to like me and things like that so I think that was a big thing the biggest best relationship is honesty as well I think that we put a lot of cards on the table really straight up I I remember saying I I don't want to play games I'm just not into that like just being really honest with one another but also we have a lot of fun we just really have fun together And I think that's important. We we get to be, uh, I should speak only for myself, but I feel like I can truly be myself in front of Mike. And that's a goofball or grumpy or sad or dancing or like whatever, whatever it is, I don't ever feel like I've got to hide any part of myself. And that, that goes, that goes hand in hand with loving oneself. But I think that's a big part of it is just being truly honest in all the ways Mm -hmm. the good the bad the ugly you know Lacey talks about that in in the interview too that's a good compliment to that 
she talks about being honest, which you'll hear because you listen to my podcast. Thank you. But she talks about how being honest, even when you're afraid to be honest. Mm -hmm. When you met Mike and had been dating for a while, was there a moment where you were like, this, this fits like a glove. This is that you knew. I can remember a moment with my therapist actually, because I remember telling her that I was so scared and she was such a gentle and loving therapist and she was just like, oh my God, like, th- come on, you've been in therapy because of this. Seriously, like, look at what you have. And she just kind of like slapped me around the face. And I was like, yes, you are so right. I felt in a way I was kind of rejecting what was good for me in that early stage. And then I just had a, because I just, you know, and she, she helped me to see that this is, this is exactly right. And, and it was, had always been lovely. There was never a moment that was, I don't know. It was just, I got this real wake up to be like, look at what you have said you have wanted. <laughs> don't try and look for like something that's going to make you feel bad. Look yeah. for something who's going to make somebody who's going to make you, and you have it. It's right here. It's interesting. It reminds me when you talked about how you, Mike was able to meet you where you were because you were loving yourself and in this really stable place when you guys met and started dating. And it reminds me, Mike and I, without you, recently watched Rent. And there's this line in Rent that always sticks with me. And it's Roger says to Mimi, you'll never share real love until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And he says, I should know. That line, all like even saying it right now, almost makes me want to cry. I feel like I have more getting to know myself and like myself we all do I mean I guess it's it's always a we're always a work in progress I believe but I think the more like you said the more stable you are in that the the easier your relationships become and Kelsey Miller another podcast guest says in her book this line that has also stuck with me where she says turns out you can fall in love when you don't love yourself. It's just very uncomfortable for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I think both yeah. of those are really true. So as, as cheesy yeah. as it is, but you know, you like we can't get around getting to like yourself and be okay with yourself. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think one of the things also is that I never found myself obsessively thinking about Mike every single second of the day in that like because i know that when i had would do that in the past it was never out of like oh like a dreamy look and looking into the clouds it was always like wondering what that person was doing and it came from a very jealous perspective and a very insecure perspective and always assuming that whoever i was with was with somebody else or th- there was just so much mm-hmm. jealousy in all past relationships and i guess when i noticed that that wasn't happening with mike that i I've found myself in this safe, relaxed. It's interesting, even as I'm speaking about it, I'm remembering the tension and the the stress and anxiety that I used to feel that I think probably that was one of those moments I was like, oh my goodness, I just, I feel safe. I feel secure. I trust this person. And I think that was probably one of the, the big moments mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And after we'd been dating for maybe two weeks, my sister came over from Australia and we were out for dinner with some friends and we were talking about, we were going to, I was going to Australia to my sister's wedding and we were all planning it. And Mike says, can I come? Oh. I was like, and then inside I'm going, Ooh, we've only just started dating with us. I like that. <laughs> that was, 
that was a good moment. <laughs> and then how was the wedding? And we went. It was good. It was a year later, but we had started planning it and saving up for it. And it's like, a big trip. It's a very big trip. Yeah. Yeah. We started putting $20 a week oh. away in an envelope from that moment on for saving up for our trip the year later. So, Can I say good. my favorite thing about your guys' relationship? It's your podcast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> my recording studio. My favorite thing, I have, I have several, but I think you're both really mindful with each other. I've noticed in these last couple of days where I've been with you guys like basically nonstop for, since Thursday. And you're both really present when you're talking with each other. You listen to each other. It's it's really beautiful. And, and, and unfortunately, rare in... Maybe not rare, but as consistently as you guys are doing that with each other, I find that rare. And I've been guilty of not doing it. And I'm sure it's not that way every second of every day with each other, but it, I just really admire that in particular. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That so, and so many beautiful love notes around your apartment <laughs> to each other. That's just like warm my heart every time I see that. M&S and S&M everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> makes me really happy. Anything else you want to share on love before we take a break and get to the episode? Just be open to it. And I know that can sound like a big, bold statement, but really, really try and just be open to love in all its forms. Mm -hmm. Like it could just be really loving that beautiful flower or that tree or that meal or but I think if you can love in all those places, it's it's a way of like training the heart to love another person, be loved by another person and just sort of look at love in all the areas that it exists. And and I mean, love is beautiful. It's delicious. It's it's Yumsville. It's Yumsville. <laughs> That's my favorite word that Sasha says. <laughs> be open to love. Yeah. And like you said, love of all all different kinds too. Oh, you know, yeah. there's there's friendship, Friends love. And family mm-hmm. and nature and animals and food and and yeah. And I think your relationship with Mike is so strong because you are diversified in love. You live such a creative life that you you love your work, you love your friends, you love your spaces, mm-hmm. you love your family. And I think that brings a real richness to your relationship. You're not relying on him to fill all of these all of the gaps in in your life you're you're coming to you both are coming as full complete people and enhancing each other not asking each other to complete each other that's absolutely 100 percent. yeah and i i love loving like i love falling in love with a thing or a person or a, a new friend or an old person in the street or like i love those feelings of falling in love that make you feel so excited and i think that if we could actually honor those kind of love feelings we might actually dive less into feeling like a person is the one because they've made us feel good in that moment but it could be just this this moment of feeling excited and Mm -hmm. lovely and sweet and cozy in this moment but maybe it's we watch movies and think that we got to have the one or something i don't know yeah, I heard on a podcast once that love is novelty. It's the feeling of novelty and newness is like not necessarily love, but attraction or like the first part of love is something that we're always kind of craving. Mm. But if you can find that newness in each day or in being mindful or in being present in different diversifying 
areas where you give love and receive love, then you'll feel more love. Yeah, definitely. It, you just reminded me of a quote and I'm, oh, I hope I can say it. It's from Louis de Bernier's from the Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Oh. And we can put it in the outro. Yeah. Can I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Let's take a break and okay. listen to something from our sponsors and then this episode with Lacey. And we'll be back with a quote from Sasha and the emoji also from Sasha oh, and yeah. a few other announcements at the end. Enjoy the episode with Lacey. This episode is brought to you in part by Cured Nutrition, a holistic supplement company based in Boulder, Colorado. And if you are keen on organic, hemp-derived CBD products, I'm sure you're probably familiar with them. They make full-spectrum nibbles, tinctures, and treats that work with your body's system to produce clear benefits without the worry of a psychoactive component. How does that sound, Sasha? Are you down to try one? That sounds good. Yeah, yeah it doesn't definitely. sound good. All yeah, organic. Yeah. It sounds up your alley. Sure Listen does. to this. I think you'll really enjoy this. They are one of the few CBD companies that are thriving with their in-house farm-to-table business model. CBD is most commonly incorporated into wellness regimens to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, and reduce the body's stress load. Cool, right? I would like it for sleep. Yeah. yeah I need to try it. Right? I actually really love their cookie dough snack that has all natural ingredients and has CBD, but you don't taste the CBD. You just taste the delicious coconut and chocolate. And I think it has some maple syrup in it. It's delicious. Mm. I really, really enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to give you one to try I'm as sure well. you have a code. That we I do. Okay, I do cool. actually. I'm just getting to that right now. <laughs> if you guys listening would like to try and Sasha as well, you can use the code let it out at checkout for 15% off any order. Again, that's let it out. The link will be in the show notes and you can get 15% off your order. Thank you, Cured Nutrition. Partnerships are, you know, what I think helps us become the best, most authentic versions of ourselves the quickest. And that's such a compliment to your work. In my experience, being in a romantic relationship has really been the greatest opportunity to grow by illuminating with such accuracy, what areas I really need to grow and change. And it's been very uncomfortable, which is why I love your work so much of seeing these areas we need to reprogram. And you've said that relationships are mirrors to reflect where we need to grow our worthiness and authenticity. And I love that. Can you talk about that a bit and how you figured that out? Absolutely. So in manifestation, because essentially all that we're manifesting in our life is the imprintation that we picked up in childhood from zero to 25, if I'm being generous, but usually zero to 14. And so everything in our life currently right now represents where things come in easily to us, where we had, we, where we were fostered into high self-worth when we were little. So compliments towards it. We were encouraged by it. And where we attract in things that don't feel so great is where we had low self-worth. And so relationships aren't an exception to that. Any relationships we have in our life or lack thereof are just a representation of what was imprinted in our subconscious when we were small. So that means anything from the relationship modeling that we picked up to media modeling, you know, societal teachers, peers, everything. And therefore, the beauty, if you get really spiritual about this all, is the only, I believe, the only reason why we're in life for is to spiritually evolve, our soul to evolve. And therefore, 
basically, I believe the universe's intention is to grow us back, like you said, into our whole authentic, worthy self. And so relationships are no different to that. We'll always have things in our life mirroring towards us where we're not in our wholeness or where we are in our wholeness. Those are things that feel really good and of ease. And then the more complicated things are just reflections of the work we need to do down in our subconscious because you're in it, you're in it with someone and you're in intimacy. So all of your stuff comes up from the full spectrum of emotions from beginning to end or beginning throughout. So that's why I think relationships are the best medicine for the seeker who's really looking to be. That's so it's hitting me hard because I think it's so wonderful and intimate and and beautiful. There's such richness to that of like seeing these areas that we need to navigate and grow, but also being in relationship, there's, there's two people navigating that. So something I've been thinking about a lot is that when you're in a relationship and you see somewhere that you need to grow and change, how do you do that while still being in a relationship like it requires a certain amount of patience from the other person and how do you communicate that to the other person well i feel like there's just so many layers and variables to this so if we're someone who feels worthy of taking the time to develop ourselves on a subconscious level meaning we are most likely with parents that modeled to us that it's okay to take space or have boundaries or we've acquired that in our lifetime and created new neural pathways then we tend to attract in partners who allow us that space or are very supportive and gentle and present while we're literally going through our shit is what I call it. And then there's the layers if we are in relationships where we don't have that support. So there's friction that can be really challenging. Again, that's just reflecting back when we were little, we picked up that we're unworthy of a partner who can allow us that space and that support, or we don't often give it because we were raised by a narcissistic parent that didn't allow other people's feelings, just their own. So we replicate that. So it kind of, there's so many layers, but what I do like to say is If someone's in a relationship or a circumstance where they are evolving or they're changing or they're going through something or their partners are too, and you're getting a lot of the toxicity. So toxicity means verbal abuse, any kind of abuse, all of the abuses, or someone who makes you feel small or puts you down, that is a toxic relationship. So therefore, I don't always advise to just stay in those and work out your stuff in it. In fact, I advise the, I would say the other, because that's actually going to really dim your magnetism. What you're communicating to the universe is that you'll settle, um, you're not worthy of, and therefore it blocks, it literally blocks what you want from coming through. But if you're in a relationship with somebody who does hold that supportive environment, even if it's not the full supportive shebang because you're changing rapidly and they're, it's making them scared or it feels uncomfortable or out of control, but they're still understanding, that's the type of relationship that's really, really beautiful to do this deep dive work in. So like the deep dive work we're talking about is reparenting, unblocked reparent, where you literally go from the ages of zero to 25 and literally reparent yourself through a hypnotic state also shadow work because whatever's you know really triggering you about your relationship or if you're wanting exterior validation out of your relationship is still your shit it's a reflection of something that's not complete or whole inside of us therefore we need to do that work to look at it and that only creates more magnetism another is you know different other reprogramming techniques we have but If you are lucky enough to be in those circumstances where it is a supportive environment, you're getting the confirmation it's when you need to be in, you you both are at this incredible space where you can really take this opportunity to grow into that. Again, I think the only 
real evolution is into the whole worthy magnetic self. And then it, the real benefit to that is that's when you manifest anything you want. <laughs> so there's like a payoff. I hope I answered your question. No, you did. I think it's really interesting that we're talking about this because it's like, you know, I think we can look at, and I know I've done this before and be like, well, I have so much I need to learn and grow and change. I can't be with someone until I do that, until I do this work on myself. But I, I like that you were like, that maybe is true. And if you're single, that can be really beautiful. But also you can be doing this work while in a relationship. You just need a partner that can have that support and patience with you and not abuse, but also it still might be hard. Is that what you're saying? Like it still might be, there still might be friction and there still might be, you know, cause you're not where you want to be. Oh, absolutely. And I'll give like a lot of people a big hint in life because there's a lot of that rhetoric around, like be the thing you want to attract. And it's like, uh, hello. Cause I obviously believe in a di very different model. I believe in expanders through mirror neurons. And so therefore I believe that a, we never ultimately reach that. Maybe some very few of us do. We're always a work in progress. So it's like, if we all waited to be perfect before, <laughs> and then secondly, most, I don't know about you, but every partner I've had in my life has served, they've served as, as massive expanders in different categories of my life whether it's finances, whether it's self-care, whether it's family boundaries. So I love that you're bringing that point up because it's so important to have people reflect back to you where you're expanding into and be your teachers. And then, of course, in different other fragmented way, they shine a mirror on you of where you have shadow self or limiting worth. So it's so multifaceted and nobody needs to be perfect before they attract in their partner. The thing they're just going to attract in is the level of worthiness of which they feel. So if we're looking at somebody who's in the dating realm or wanting to date or they've never been in a serious relationship and on a subconscious level, again, not in the conscious state because we can really lie to ourselves in the conscious state and say we have it all together and we're great, but really getting down there to pinpoint our subconscious blocks, that's where we take inventory, like where is our self-worth really at and how expanded are we where we seem to believe that the relationship we want is possible. So if we get down there and we're like, oh, I haven't really seen any of the relationships before that I want. Well, that just means on a subconscious level, we don't believe that it's possible. And B, if we get down there and we're like, who would ever want to be intimate with me? I'm, my body's not where it should be, or I'm not intelligent enough. But let's say those two things are, you know, rolling and they're at an okay pace, they're works in progress. Then we're just going to attract in people who also share, for lack of a better word, our same vibration. So I love that you mentioned that because I just want to tell the person who's out there who's like on Bumble or trying dating or in a relationship that's abusive and not serving them, you don't need to be whole and perfect to attract your person. The more vibrationally whole and perfect you're becoming, the higher vibe you'll attract in. Yeah. Let's stay a little bit on the topic of existing relationships. So I have a couple of questions around that. So how to breathe new life into a relationship that's feeling stagnant or gotten into bad patterns and also, you know, kind of feeding off of what we're talking about now when you're growing and changing and, you know, growth isn't, as my therapist tells me, isn't linear and is messy and is uncomfortable. And how do you do that and be in that messiness while also having a partner support you and not losing patience in you, I guess. 
Yes. So what I love, and I don't know about you, but like my 2019 intention has been to really start to practice mindfulness and start to bridge it with manifestation, which of course is a pursuit of fixing the past while initiating the future. And what this is all leading into, giving an example of my own relationship, where I had these feelings over the holidays where I was like, is this my person? I don't know. I want to live in nature. I'm pursuing a very conscious lifestyle. He needs to be in Los Angeles. There's friction where it's them, you know, everything to do with them is, you know, a problem. It's actually when we start to surrender and just accept them fully for who they are. And this can go for either party. And it's a very hard thing to do because it's asking another partner to be this way or us to be this way. But when we surrender and we stop having expectations on our partners and we accept them for where we are and we just do the work on ourselves, watch like how profoundly fresh non-controlling there it allows for polarity in a relationship again where we aren't and i love that esther perel talks about this a lot like in a modern day relationship back in the day we used to have a village right where we had our friends we had the community we relied on our partners actually very little we we didn't rely on them to be our therapist our best friend our you know santa claus like everything for us now we do and that sucks intimacy out of a relationship or that newness or that that it can get dull. And I think the more that we can actually let go of control and expectations off of our partners, I think Esther Perel has like really beautiful models for that. But I've been doing that a lot in my relationship and it's been profound. Like he has to work late every night. I want to be in nature right now, but I can't. So I'm working and I've been like, cool, he gets to work late every night and I'll, I'll do the work on myself if I'm triggered. And it ultimately all comes back down to my shit. And the more that I just let him be who he is and exist how he wants, and I don't need him to be my therapist or my bank account or my yacht, all the things, you know, we put on our partner. I just let him be himself while I'm in pursuit of myself. And that's, that just breathes so much. It takes a little bit of time for that course correction, but it breathes a lot of new energy into a relationship. And then we take all of this pressure off of ourselves that this has to be the end all be all relationship, which I don't ultimately believe in those. I believe if two people are, you know, growing together separately, but together, I think that that's really beautiful. But when we stop having these expectations on each other or this future projection, and we can really just accept each other and stay in our lanes, I think a lot of freshness can come from that the Amago books, essentially my favorite being Getting the Love You Want. And it has this fantastic exercise called Amagoing in it, a dialogue, which I think is really, really good for people in these circumstances who are like, I don't know how to communicate that I'm really going through something. I'm not abandoning you or X, Y, and Z, but I need to go through this. So I think if we can learn those, like solid communication, taking all the pressure off of our partner and not putting expectations on them to stay in our lane, focus on ourselves, I think a, a lot of new life can be breathed into a relationship. Well, that was profound and so timely for me. And Yeah, I think it's just so interesting because I've been going through something that I wasn't expecting to talk to you about this or for this to even come up, but it mirrors that so much. And I think the easier thing sometimes that doesn't feel easy is to walk away and start over and be like, well, this just isn't the relationship for me. But then I've been reflecting on this a lot this week. And then I think, well, All of this shit will come up in my next relationship because wherever you go, there you are, you know, that saying. So it's just like, I, yeah, maybe I could do that. But like turning it around on you and letting go of that control and it's really profound. I'm so glad we talked about this. 
And I think it's actually just so good because I think a lot of people are in these situations too. I like to tell people a lot because so much of my formula is like past tests, you know, if you're settling, leave, you know, and I don't necessarily always put that in relationships. Again, if it comes back to toxicity, meaning abuse or someone who's making you small or they're narcissistic, there's a chemical imbalance. It's a whole different type of reframing if you should be in something or not. But if you aren't 100% sure that you should go yet or not, and I'll give an example of this, stay. Because, and like you said, where you go, there you'll be. And in manifestation, it's particularly important because we just continue and everybody can look at their patterns in life. We continue to attract the bosses that were like our moms, the partners that were like our dads or our cousin or the weird person who was mean to us in school or whatever. You will just keep attracting these types of experiences until you deal with them. So prior relationship. I knew I was there two years too long. I knew it was time to go, but it hadn't run its course fully. And I really, really tried to suggest to people like, don't leave something until you'll know. You will wake up that morning that hits you where it's like, I've got to go. It's time to go. This has been sucked dry. You'll always have that breaking point or you'll fall in love with someone else or something will happen. You'll know. But if it's like, maybe it's not the one or this or that, stay for a while until you're sure because there's so many lessons that you'll reap out of this that you won't then again attract in another relationship you'll attract an even better relationship after and whatever better means to you as you evolve and like an example i give of this in my past relationship the breaking points finally were that he didn't want to get married or have a family and i really did and this is the irony of it i stayed in it and and really saw that through so i made sure to manifest a partner who did want those things and the funniest thing now is we're engaged i don't want to get married and i can't seem to get pregnant so it's like when we stop controlling anything we think like societally time might be running out it should look like on paper in this relationship so i should go or it doesn't feel right or like my partner and i for instance societally most partners and you guys live in the same city or home let alone and mm -hmm. we are going to explore not doing that so to not be afraid of really seeing what works for you not leaving before you're supposed to you'll know when it's time to go again if this is a healthy relationship and then taking all of the expectations off the partner, the pressure and the needs being filled and start to actually turn the mirror back around on yourself. I think it's the best thing. Yeah. And I think it's so expansive that you're sharing that because we look at with society and the media and really social media of you only see the good parts of relationships. Oh, you only, yeah. we don't, I'm not posting when I'm sobbing over my boyfriend or whatever it is. Like yeah. I'm not posting that, but I am posting our really like beautiful tender moments. And so I think to vulnerably discuss this right now and talk about this is it's helpful for me and hopefully a lot of people listening. So thank you for being vulnerable. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that's fantastic. So thank you for initiating such great questions. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about, you know, we'll do kind of quick fire on these other ends of the spectrum. So let's quickly talk about when it is time to end a relationship. You touched on it a little bit, but how do you know that? How do you get over the fear of regret? And just, I would love to talk about the energetics and the messiness of ending relationships and heartbreak and breakups. And I know that before you met Max, your current partner, you went through a tough breakup. And you know what were some self-care things for you that you did then that were helpful? And what do you suggest on getting through that time and reflecting? 
Well, number one, I think a really big gift that somebody I would love to give people is you will never be more magnetic than you are when you leave a relationship that's no longer serving you. I mean, it's like the universe just wants to send you so many bones. So that's one little thing I want to offer to the person who knows it's time to go and they're afraid or they're, they've just, you know, been broken up with. This is the time to harness manifesting because you're just going to have so many bones thrown your way. So there is, it's kind of like Christmas <laughs> or whatever, you know, holidays one celebrates. And so that's one thing I just want to give to shine a little bit of inspiration to the person who may be nearing heartache or be in heartache right now. I think that it'll always be very clear when it's time to go. There's a breaking point. There may feel like there's many breaking points, but there's one actual breaking point where you wake up one day or you hear a voice or you fall in love with somebody else or you can't take it anymore. There will be a breaking point. And when you honor that, and again, even if it's delayed a little bit because you're afraid to be alone or you're afraid to go through this process or you're financially connected or whatever that might be, once you're able to do it, magnetism will set in. So that's really beautiful. And then the, I think the best ways to care for yourself, we just actually put out a workshop. I think that a lot of people, when they go through a relationship, even though it doesn't seem like for everybody who's been through them a few times, the earthquaking rock bottom situation, however, the energetics of how to navigate it are identical. So there's a lot that we talk about in that of learning how to be in grace when you leave or left, you know, and so how to stay in grace and not engage in, and all of the toxicity and drama and all the stuff that can happen. It's also like the steps of like how to stay in your magnetism and make things work for you. So that's called up level and rock bottom. And then in terms of self-care during that, and it tells you like how to weed out things that aren't supposed to be around you. I mean, it's really supportive about this, but the self-care things too, that I think are so instrumental during this time is how to learn how to fall in love with yourself and also feel all of your feelings fully. And a really good book for that is called Letting Go. I think the author's name is David Hawken. And it's really, it's just, it's so simple, but it really shows you how to feel all of your feelings fully so that they move through you and they don't become repressed or turn into something else or resentment. So that, and then also falling in love with yourself to me is looking at all of the things that make you so afraid of being alone and facing them. So if you're like afraid to go to the movies by yourself or go to dinner by yourself or have to initiate a new circle of friends because you guys shared friends, all of that stuff, the more you can go and just face your fear and do it, not only do you create massive magnetism, meaning you're you're like a magnet, things you want are just coming to you, but also you're overcoming your fears and really stepping into this more powerful wholeness version of you that's going to attract in another relationship that's just of a higher caliber. So that's what I I mean when I say fall in love with yourself is face all of your biggest fears about being alone. So I think that's like the bell. But yeah, sure. Take an Epsom salt bath, go get massages, do those things. Sure. Whatever feels like self-care to you of what traditionally seems like self-care. Yeah. So when thinking about mourning the relationship and like all the little things that remind you of the person and trying to milk all it's worth for reflecting on what you can learn from the relationship. Any quick tips? I, maybe that's the question for the book, Letting Go, but any quick tips on, you know, when you get overcome by an emotion, you feel it. Like for me, it's always like in my like chest area. When you feel that feeling, just let it pass through you. Like, is that it? Like, what are, do you have any tips for that? Of like, you know, just that, that missing someone feeling. Yeah, like to deduce it into like a very quick practice of that, like feeling your feelings fully, the way that I'll go about it. And 
you welcome it all. It's going to be, you know, a roller coaster of different spectrums of emotion. But essentially, I quiet all of the thoughts in my brain so that I can be present, like literally get rid of everything. And I move my attention to my heart. And it's as if I'm like opening up my heart or my stomach, either of them. And I just let it's like I'm kind of pushing out or feeling all the things coming up going through my heart. I'm not intellectualizing what I'm feeling. I think when it comes to the real emotions, they're they're far more vast than intellectualizing can even comprehend. So I turn off my thoughts, I open up my chest or my stomach, and I let all the feelings go through me like a river. And you'll feel when you hit the tail end. And what I love about the book, Letting Go, is what he says. He was like, most things that overcome you, if you don't avoid them, if you don't repress them, if you just initiate and feel them all the way, they usually pass under 30 minutes. And then it's like, it's, it's, it's one layer less of the onion that's processed and gone. So you then grief can come up or anger. And just again, you don't need to intellectualize them, you need to turn off your brain and just feel them all the way. Oh, that's so good. And it moves you up that emotional scale. And it allows you to move forward. I, it's so helpful. Thank you. Yes. Taking a quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right back to my conversation. Listen, I love wearing stretchy pants, and you probably do too. There are so many choices out there, and a lot of them can be really pricey. That's why I'm very excited to partner with a company founded by actress Kate Hudson called Fabletics. They're on a mission to help empower women by making a active lifestyle accessible to everyone. And they do this with their exceptionally low price point. Regardless of what type of active things you're into, maybe you're wearing yoga pants to actually do yoga in, which I sometimes do, or maybe you're like me and you're more of a take a long stroll in the park type of person, you can still wear your Fabletics activewear or What I've been doing recently is a two-pant situation when it's been very cold in New York. I've been wearing my yoga pants underneath my street pants, and then I I get to the yoga class, and I very, very loudly strip off the top layer. Sasha can... This is absolutely the truth. I got some stairs, apparently. She She came in late to a yoga class on my birthday, and she was in the row before me and a guy and his girlfriend, and whipped off her outer trousers to reveal the athletics. Fabletics. And And let uh, me tell you. And the girl was giggling at her boyfriend who was just kind of a little bit shocked. (laughs) Maybe he was shocked at how adorable my Fabletics activewear was. Yes, and how adorable they looked on you. Yeah, Yeah. to be honest, mine are just black, which I really enjoy. They're very high-waisted, very stretchy, but they actually have so many designs. You can go on their website. And I was skeptical at first, honestly, with the low price point that they were going to be pretty low quality. But I've worn these so many times. I've washed them many times. And all of their designs are created in-house. And I don't promote anything on the show, as you know, Sash, that I don't absolutely love and use myself. And Fabletics, honestly, as you can see, I'm literally wearing them right now. They are wonderful. I really love their high-waisted ones because they go up like almost to my boobs, to be honest. And underneath baggy jeans, I get way too cold if I don't have something underneath them. And these have been great. I highly recommend them. 
And before I forget, I want to tell you that Fabletics is offering you, our listeners, an incredible deal that you don't want to miss. You can get two pairs of leggings for only $24. Only $24? Only $24. For really? Seriously. Wow. They say that that's a $99 value. I mean, they charge so much for yoga pants Yeah, now. I know. Yes. I never, I never buy official yoga pants. I know. Well, oh. maybe you should get some Fabletics. I will. I'm going to. When you sign up to be a VIP, you get two pairs of leggings for only $24. You just go to fabletics.com slash let it out to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash let it out to get two pairs of leggings for only $24. Also, free shipping on all orders, $49 or more. International shipping is available. There's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order. Again, that's at fabletics.com slash let it out. I really love these pants, you guys, and it's nice to have a couple of pairs because there's a lower price point so I can do laundry less. And if you haven't tried them, I highly recommend going to their collections page where you can see all of their trending pieces. There's new brands, new styles, new prints every single month. And I just, I really think you'll like it. You can get up to 50% off regular pricing and instant access to their latest collections by being part of their VIP membership. But again, there's no commitment to that. You don't have to order on a monthly basis or anything like that. You can skip any month you want. But again, that's fabletics.com slash let it out for your two pairs of leggings for only $24. That's fabletics.com slash let it out. And I hope you check them out. Let's talk about on the other end of that spectrum in a newer relationship, let's say like less than six months, that exciting time. How do you let go and trust in a newer relationship? Ooh, so this is one of my favorites. Again, I love manifesting partners. So it was sort of a specialty. I love it so much. And we have a whole workshop on that. That's actually very simple and uh, affordable and easy. It's called partnership. And one thing that I think is so important for people who, number one, when you do manifest in the person you've you've been calling in consciously or unconsciously, it'll just sort of fit like a glove. That doesn't mean your insecurities and stuff don't come up because the moment things get more serious or intimate, even slightly feelings are involved, all of our shit comes up, our shadow and our fears and our insecurities. And that's why we can become controlling or needy or insecure because we actually, there's stakes. We could be hurt or abandoned by the person that we're, you know, getting to know or literally falling in love with. And what my favorite tool for people are, whether you're doing my work or some other when you've been in it for a while and somebody's your mirror this is such a heightened mirror up to your insecurities your lack of wholeness subconsciously do your shadow work around this when it comes up like what if this person leaves me and cheats on me or what if i'm not good enough or pretty enough? you know whatever the trigger might be don't waste that energy work through it because a not only is this going to be a far healthier relationship far quicker on the right footing period like you're not seeking outside validation through this person to complete you you're doing it within yourself have control over it and you're making it happen quicker but also these triggers won't keep coming up anymore because when we do the subconscious work we don't even need to have a conversation our outside just starts changing in front of us because we're projecting out a whole different type of person and being so that's like the biggest two cents. Whether you're doing Unblock Shadow in my work, you're picking up a Jungian book, you're doing it somewhere else. I mean, face your shadow when those triggers come up. It is your best friend. Lean into what's uncomfortable and I'm going to do the work on it instead of putting it on this person. Yeah. <laughs> just now dating. 
I think that's the best thing somebody can do. Your workshop shadow. I've done so many of your workshops and I love your work so much, as you know, and everyone listening to this knows, but shadow, if I had to like choose one thing of your work, it might be shadow because I just think it's so, yeah, it was so particularly is so it's still something I'm working through, but is so profound for me. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so helpful. So I want to, before I get to the quick fire questions, I want to make sure we cover people dating and I would love for you to talk about how to develop confidence in dating and really just what you would, you touched on this a little bit, but what you would recommend to someone wanting to find love where they should start, you know, for me, like a fear that would come up around dating is, you know, they won't meet anyone or it feels fickle and magic and, and so uncontrollable. And yeah, that that's like my, my biggest, I guess, block or fear with dating. So can you talk about just all things dating, I guess? I feel like because people's blocks or fears vary so much that the best thing anybody can really do if they're coming at it from like, I want to attract in the partner that I consciously want. I think the best two things people can do is go out and expose yourself to expanders. So like whether it's on in movies, on TV, social media, if, if you have a group of friends or a parent's friends that are married, you need to show your subconscious the type of relationship you desire. I think that already is going to be so helpful when these blocks come up or insecurities come up to show you, to see, to believe, A, it sets a standard that hopefully you won't settle for less than this thing is that you want, and B, it's possible. So that's huge because you need to create that space in your subconscious in order to have space for it to come in through. And then the other really important thing to do, again, whether it's my work or somebody else's work, you need to be working on self-worth. It's our shit. It's just childhood wounds that all come down from shame. So pain and shame of not being lovable. So whether you're doing my reparenting or shadow, you know, or the daily reprogramming exercise, or you're picking up other books, or you're doing work that's not even related to the wellness sphere, whatever, even if it's like, I'm taking up, I don't know, like sword fighting. (laughs) Yes to build your worth and make you feel confident, do that. But those two things are highly suggested and important. You need to see to believe that what you want is possible. Again, you can source that from so many different places and you need to engage on what's growing your self-worth and confidence, whatever that might be for you. Those two things are what's going to make kind of a love potion number nine. And they're going to help you, A, again, have standards, and B, also have a little bit of wherewithal to not get into the thing you don't want. Like, past test, what I say, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Let's talk about holidays like Valentine's Day from an energetic perspective, you know, with this collective emphasis on romantic love. And I know for you in particular, Lacey, Valentine's Day is close to your birthday. So does it have extra meaning for you? And I know like astrologically, maybe you could tell us like, what are your thoughts on Valentine's Day? You know, what's so interesting is I just feel bad for any partner I have or somebody I'm dating because they get screwed with both. I'm like, they're not the same thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're saying you're so right it's the day after valentine's day but pre being in a relationship i actually viewed valentine's day as again another day to nurture myself and fall in love with myself and now that i'm in relationship i just have another person to do that with so what that means is i treat valentine's day way less of like the commercialism or the stuff that's wrapped up in what it means and i just made it about my own thing which is a day to really look at and take care of my needs. And so even if that's like taking me myself to a massage and a this or a hike or a that, it's just another day of reflection of how can I treat myself better. To me, that's all that Valentine's Day represents. I don't get caught up in the commercialism of it or where it stems from. I just kind of made it my own ritual. And then now I have somebody else that goes to the spa with me. Mm, I love that. <laughs> Things. So I think that's good for people. Make it what you want it to be. Don't don't fall into the societal programming of it. Yeah. Do you know what you're going to do this year? Well, actually, yeah, we have the house, the retreat house. And so that's the whole week we have to like install the interior, oh, you know, wow. like unbox and put the couches in and do all of that. So that's literally every year we end up doing really sweet and special things for my birthday. We went to like Salem, Massachusetts last year and all of that. Yeah, I remember. This year we're going to literally be like hanging things on a wall <laughs> and I'm so stoked. And my whole family lives in that town. So we'll probably host a little dinner or something at the house. I'm so, that's me though. I'm really low key about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I wish I could be there. What about you? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. We'll see. Okay, couple more quick fires and we'll we'll tie this up in a Valentine's Day bow. But what are your best communication tips in relationships? Ooh, the emotional dialogue. Done. Like period. I'm yeah. like, look no further. It's the best. And I think being which is so hard, being ruthfully honest, even if it's going to hurt the person so badly, really speaking the truth. And so that's come up so many times with Max and I. I, I'll say him things that just like shatter him. And I'm not saying them in a way to shatter him or anything. It's like even something I'm sitting on and worried about saying because it'll shatter him. But I have to say it because it's not allowing us to go deeper. Another thing I had to say recently, I'm like, I don't know if I want to get married. And I certainly don't think I want to live in Los Angeles forever. So I don't know if we're meant to be together. It's a really hard thing to say to somebody who we literally have a date set, you know, for a wedding. And so so I think having the Imago dialogue tip and being ruthfully honest, you just cannot go wrong in a relationship, I feel. Yeah, that technique, I'll make sure to link to it, is so transformative and it can feel a bit artificial. I know that, you know, my boyfriend has called me out before when I'm using it where I will be like, you didn't mirror and I need to feel like you heard me and and I can be like someone trying to speak French, but like looking down at the notebook or the like dictionary instead of just like trying to speak French. And so it comes very natural to him and not to me. But I think just until it becomes part of you, like even if it feels artificial, it's still it's still good. Oh, it took us so we were both so resistant and angry and resentful at it. And then now it's become our best friend. But it took us a very long time to, like you're saying, be able to be comfortable with it and not police each other and all. Of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. OK, what is your favorite part of being in partnership? And you can speak specifically to Max or in general. I think it's the coziness of all of all the things of all of the stuff. It's like being in the bed watching a movie together. Mm, yeah, <laughs> the coziness. Same. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 
Oh, I love that so much. What are your relationship resources that you have? And then just in general, if there's, you know, I, I know we mentioned partnership as a unblocked for people, but also any books that you'd recommend or anything else that's helped you as a resource for relationships or cultivating relationships or new relationships. Yeah. Like again, I guess I mentioned a lot of them, Esther Perel, getting the love that you want. Yeah. Those are two big ones for me because I've read a lot of relationship books, but those ones have really resonated. And then now, yeah, I'm just down this whole new rabbit hole of how to be present in my relationship. So not future projecting all the stuff we get caught up in and how to just be present. Truly. That's like a whole, that'll be a whole lifetime in itself. And of course, if you're looking to call in partnership, unblocked partnership is really the way to manifest it. And then I do go to Shiva Rose a lot, who has wonderful resources for intimacy and polarity. And she loves, and I forget his name right now, I think it's John Wyland. He used to be Guru Jagat's partner, and he is huge on polarity and tantra for like you were mentioning the person who's like, what if the relationship's gotten dull? He really leads an incredible space in this, has books, has teachings, is on podcasts. You can check him out. John Wyland. I love tuning into his stuff. And those are my big ones, aside from whatever we'll download, that I'll just try and experiment for Max. Yeah. (laughs) Of things I want to experiment with. So good. Well, this was so helpful for me. And I feel like this was packed full of a lot of wisdom, at least for me. So hopefully for everyone else. And I just love you. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about this subject, which I know is your specialty. So I feel really, really grateful. And I love talking to you no matter what we were talking about. And I I can't wait to talk to you in person again really soon. I just wanted to reflect it all back to you with such gratitude for you taking the time. And you always have such amazing questions. You're, you're just so eloquent. You're an amazing host and initiator and all of the things. And I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. So mm. thank you for that. Me too. I love you. This was a delight. Okay, that was my episode with Lacey. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed recording it. I found it very comforting and I really think we hit all sides, all angles of love in any stage that you're in. And you can get 10% off all of her workshops by using the code Katie, K-A-T-I-E, my name at checkout. So if you want to check out Lacey's work, use that code. It'll let her know that we sent you. And I really find her work very meaningful as well. Now I am back with my dear friend, Sasha Jones. And we are very cozy here in her house upstate. How would you describe what you do with weddings? I've said it in my words, but I've actually never experienced it. I think I came to the to doing this work because I I went to some weddings that I just found dreadfully boring and unpersonal. And it felt very sad to me that that was the beginning of a new chapter in a couple's life. And so what I do is I create a love story centered, as you mentioned, wedding. And every ceremony is going to be different because I get to know what the couple wants. But at the core of every ceremony is the couple's love story and what they love about each other. What they love about each other is they're hearing it fresh on the day. Sometimes they're hearing the whole love story fresh on the day that I've written based on their questionnaires. And there is very rarely a dry eye because it's just so beautiful and meaningful. And it reminds every guest there why they're there that, you know, a lot of weddings, people just can't wait for the ceremony to get done with so they can get to the bar. But 
couples often tell me that their guests are still talking about the ceremony years later. And, and even in the process of when a couple is preparing a wedding, they often get very lost in ordering the cake, the flowers, the mm-hmm. this, the that. And all of those are beautiful yeah. things, but they can become very stressful just planning it. So when I ask them each individually to sit down with this questionnaire and I ask them to make a cup of tea and sit with it and really get into it and gush and really gush about, especially about the things that they love about each other. Nine times out of 10, people are going to go out of their way to tell me that they really needed that. And it was such a beautiful Mm. meditation and a reminder of what they were doing. Because I just hear about couples fighting so much in the wedding planning stage because they've forgotten that part of it. The whole reason. The whole reason. Yeah. And so it's often true that the officiant is the last vendor to be chosen because people get very lost in in the aesthetics of everything. And and then suddenly they, oh, who's going to marry us? And so I often come late to the party. And but I really do believe that it's it's really one of the most important aspects. Sure. Maybe it is the it, maybe it is the most important aspect. Yeah. Second to choosing the person. Yes. That yeah, you're marrying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I, I think it's really good to have a really good photographer and I, and I work with some great photographers and I think that's beautiful for remembering. But you remember that feeling through the ceremony when you've had a love story centered one. And I do all kinds and I do vow renewals and elopement weddings. Often 90% of the weddings I do are elopements. Sometimes I do big, big classic weddings too. But there's something very special about a couple who just want to do it without the the flair they just want to do it in a little nook in central park or something and yeah yeah it's one of my favorite things to be your friend and get to meet you at the end of a work day and you're, and you're <laughs> i'm like oh you look so nice and <laughs> you've clearly been at a wedding and i'm like tell me about this couple I and don't it's so lovely my, uh fabletic <laughs> i'm wearing fabletics <laughs> the day and that you're i actually dress. wear dresses yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's so beautiful that they're so diverse, the couples that you've married of all different genders and orientations and ages and places in the city. And it's so beautiful. And knowing you as a person, just to have you, just to be in your presence is a very cozy, calming experience. And to have you in that role just makes sense. It just feels correct. Mm. And yeah, well, thanks for talking about that. One thing, as you said, all, all ages, I do mar- marry many people who are on their second, third wedding and they are meeting one another much later in life. I, I marry people in their 50s, 60s. I've even married, I re- I married a couple who had been married yeah, in the 80s tell about this. and I then they were one. in their 70s when they were remarrying. And so there's lots of scenarios like that. So that's another I tell people who are kind of like given up on love, oh my goodness, you should never because I marry people at all these ages and it's, it's all, it's, there's still, your person is out there somewhere. So, And you marry young people. And I do marry yeah. young people. I marry every age. Yeah. So as long you're as you're listening. over 21 or 18 or whatever the legal age. She's never <laughs> she married legal. a 14 year old. <laughs> <laughs> and she won't. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> If you are a person about to get married in a different stage than I'm in, and you want to have the most special wedding ceremony, go to Sasha Jones Ceremonies and 
check out what my friend Sasha does as an officiant. She writes their love story and does the most thoughtful ceremony with so many unexpected touches that are deeply meaningful. She's going to marry me someday, right? (laughs) Marry me to To another person. person. (laughs) (laughs) I would marry you, honestly, in a heartbeat if you were to take it. I must say that Sasha Jones Ceremonies is S-A-C-H-A Jones Ceremonies. Good distinction. She actually, not to brag, has a menu item up here where we are. And I ordered it this morning and it is spelled correctly. But to be honest, that was a, originally a typo. Not many people. Have you ever met another Sasha that spells it like you? Uh, yes. One other person. One other. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's rare. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did you find that quote I by did. any chance? Okay. Yeah. It's a little long, but okay. it's really beautiful. Great. So it's by Louis de Bernier from a wonderful novel called Captain Corelli's Mandolin. And many people have only seen the movie. It's the book. It's all about the book. So don't judge it by the movie. Great. Love is a temporary madness. It erupts like a volcano and then subsides. And when it subsides, you have to make a decision. You have to work out whether your roots have so entwined together that it is inconceivable that you should ever part. Because this is what love is. Love is not breathlessness. It is not excitement. It is not the promulgation of eternal passion. It is not the desire to mate every second minute of the day. It is not lying awake at night imagining that he or she is kissing every cranny of your body. No, don't blush. I am telling you some truths. That is just being in love, which any fool can do. Love itself is what is left over when being in love has burned away. And this is both an art and a fortunate accident. Those that truly love have roots that grow towards each other underground. And when all the pretty blossoms have fallen from their branches, they find that they are one tree and not two. Wow. Okay, well, I'm crying and that was beautiful. Thank you for reading that. Mm. You have such a beautiful speaking voice. <laughs> okay, that was really, really profound. I'm going to pivot to the, this is a hard right to the announcements before <laughs> the, <laughs> that was such a beautiful quote. I just wanted to let that land for a moment. But before we get to the emoji, which Sasha will also be doing, I just have a couple announcements for you. If you like listening to this podcast, thank you so much. It would be so wonderful if you could leave a review and share it with a friend. If you have someone who's going through anything with love, because we really ran the gamut on this episode, please send this to them. And if you want to start a podcast, if this is something that you would like to play in this medium, I actually made something last year that I'm really proud of that helps people what I call DIY podcast. So podcast more as a hobbyist, not Gimlet or NPR, but I am going to be launching Let a Podcast Out again this March. And in the meantime, if you want to take a course tour or do the first two modules for free, the link is in the show notes. So Sasha, you really helped inspire me to make that. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you were helping me decide, like, should I help people start a podcast? And then last year I was like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to make this course about it. And you're really supportive. So thanks again. Yeah. (laughs) She's always supportive in my life. Oh, speaking of another friend of mine, my friend Amanda and her boyfriend TJ have this cookbook that they've been working on for months called Kitchen Chemistry. And it's all about couples getting back in the kitchen and cooking together and 
generally just being together and cooking and she's one of my favorite people and I just wanted to to shout that out I, I showed Sasha it today and I'm just I'm proud of her for making something and if you guys want to check that out the link is in the show notes kind of a timely thing as well This episode is brought to you in part by Cured Nutrition, a holistic supplement company based in Boulder, Colorado. And if you're keen on organic hemp-derived CBD products, you're probably already familiar with them, but they make full-spectrum nibbles and tinctures and treats, and they work with your body's natural system to produce clear benefits without the worry of a psychoactive component. And how many other CBD companies can say that they're making in-house farm-to-table products? And CBD is most commonly incorporated into wellness regimens to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, and reduce the body's stress load. And the CEO of Cured actually was using the full-spectrum raw oil with his puppy to ease the distress that the puppy was having after having some seizures. So it's a household staple for people of all ages and even pets too. I love their cookie dough snack. It tastes so good. I really, really love it. I carry one in my bag all the time. And I even got to meet them when I was in Boulder a couple weeks ago. And the people who make these products are lovely. I really think that maybe it makes the products better when the people are great. I don't know if that's true, but it's just something that a theory I'm developing. Anyway, if you're worried about having to jump through a lot of hoops to get cured nutrition products, don't be. They ship directly to you safely to all 50 states. And you can find my favorite products, the cookie dough I mentioned and the dropper of oil at curednutrition.com. That's curednutrition.com. And use the coupon code Let It Out for 15% off any order. And as always, I'll include the link to their site in the show notes. And if you try them out, let me know what you think. Again, the coupon code is let it out for 15% off your order. Thank you, Cured Nutrition. And now, without further ado, the emoji, if you are still listening right now, please tweet this and comment it on our Instagrams to Lacey and Sasha and I. Oh, and I want to thank Lacey, Lacey Phillips. Thank you so much for being on the podcast again this week. To be magnetic, everything Lacey does is so wonderful. So now, without any further ado, I promise, take it away, Sasha, with the emoji. Well, it may seem really random and it has nothing to do with love, but the cartwheeling person. Oh. Because <laughs> I love to cartwheel. And you, there are photos, there's photographic <laughs> evidence that I just watched a video of her doing the cartwheel. You'd probably have done one today if it wasn't freezing. And maybe tomorrow. Probably not tomorrow. Eventually. But a cartwheeling person. Great. Yeah. I can also do a cartwheel. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. I'll show you. All soon. right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We love you. Thank you for listening every week, Sash. It means very so much welcome. to me. You're very welcome. I love your podcast. We'll see you guys in the Facebook group. Sasha is there. Yeah, I am. I'm the old one in the group. <laughs> love you guys. Bye.
we get our hearts knocked around and bruised a lot and it can hurt so, so bad that it could feel like it's broken, but hearts recover. Mm. 